Welcome to the Border Collie Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Martina, obsessed like you about Border Collies and dog training. Follow me to know more about this amazing breed and to learn from many inspiring dog professionals on how to make your training journey a success. Hello, Border Collie Geeks, and welcome to a new episode. Um, this episode is going to be a special one because for once I am going to interview uh, two of my um, online academy students. Um, as you probably know, uh, are aware of, I run a, um, an online academy and um, it's been on for, it's been open for a year now. So um, I actually forgot to celebrate my year anniversary of the starting of the academy. So the academy started in September 2021. Um, Carol, my first guest, she's been, she's one of my founding members. So she joined um, at the very beginning of the academy and she's been in there ever since uh, with the first dog and now she has a second dog. And Sarah joined a couple of months later. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about them and their dogs because they talk about it and it's um, it's quite good to hear it. But um, I do have a special offer for you, um, podcast listeners. Um, I've decided to um, give you a big um, Black Friday discount um, if you ever thought about joining the Academy. And the Academy is going to change from next year. Um, it's not going to be a monthly membership anymore, possibly, probably. I'm changing a few things around. It's still going to be, of course, for the members that are in there. Um, but it's going to become more of a kind of um, a long-term training support um, rather than a monthly where you can join, stay one month and go. Um, and I have decided to start giving this opportunity um, to um, my podcast listener to actually join this new um, kind of um, concept. And so I decided to do a big discount um is never going to be repeated again this discount um is going to be a special price um so from january on the price will be different and um so yeah if any one of you has the need of start changing um the way you're training um your dog emotional uh, state your dog behavior towards um triggers um, or simply, if you have a young dog and after listening to my podcast, you say, you know what, I am better starting to do things right now to avoid problems, then you're welcome to join the academy and to become one of my uh, long term um, students. Um, the big, big message that I think will come out from these two interviews is that it's not a quick fix. The way we work in respect with the animal needs and the animal emotion there's no quick fix and that's where um a long-term support from a specialist trainer is what is needed um because it's not going to happen in two weeks it's not going to happen in a month it's not going to happen in two months um even my one-to-one programs which are a beginning of two eight weeks um which i'm going to interview um later on uh, so it's going to be another episode um they work with me eight to 12 weeks and then some of them carry on for longer and stay longer other becomes academy students because after being um you know worked with me um in person or even 
online for in in a quite you know in a one to one personalized way then they need that long term support so it is a long term support um there are situations where we can change behaviors very quickly but most of the time if we're dealing with big emotion and big behavioral not not problems but traits like in the border collie brain they think that what they're doing most of the time is the right thing to do and it takes a while to convince them mm, actually let's do something a bit different um so enjoy these two interviews and stay tuned for the offer there's going to be a link as well in the show notes with the offer um with a link so you can go and have a look in the academy um but yeah if you want to know more, stay tuned and I will talk to you all later. Hello, Carol, and thank you for coming to the podcast. You're welcome. Looking forward to it. Yeah. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. A little bit wet from the uh, the wet morning dog walks, but OK. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Problem we're having everywhere in the world, I think, when, where is winter? Everyone is like, ah, mud, rain. Um, okay, so can you introduce yourself and tell um, all the listeners um, about your dogs? Because you have two now, not just one. We met first, and we'll talk about that when you had one, but now you've you got a second one. So would you like to introduce them um, to the listeners? I will indeed. So, yes, yeah, so um, I have Albie, who was two in October, and um he's he's doing really well he was just getting nicely trained um been working with you martina since august 2021 mm -hmm. and then we had an opportunity not sure opportunity to have albie's half brother so his albie's mum was having her second and final litter and the breeder got in touch and we sensibly said no one collie is enough um but I asked the pictures of them when they were born. So, of course, when they were born, I saw the puppies and said, no, we still don't want one. But thank you. Want to track their progress. <laughs> uh, fast forward. And in July, we got Blue, who is seven months old today. So um, oh, already same, seven, seven months. Yeah. Same wow. mom, different dad. Blue because he has two blue eyes and Albie's got one blue eye like their mum. So I've got a blue eyed theme collies going. So. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> So, yeah, um, and blue so, or a and b as them calling them sometimes yeah beautiful um smooth coated black dogs like like i like them yes yeah, pretty ears yeah smooth coated blue eyes yeah they look like the um, terrible twins sometimes very <laughs> so um so why do you decide to get a dog or why do you decide to get a border collie so i grew up with a german shepherd I was used to a big dog or a big scary dog as some people think of German Shepherds and when I got married back in the late 80s um, I tried to persuade my husband to to let us have a dog we didn't have children at the time um, he'd not been brought up brought up with dogs and was a little bit scared of dogs however his grandparents had a small holding farm with a border collie so that was the only dog he'd ever really known. So we went from the German Shepherd to he didn't want a toy dog, as he called them. He wanted one that made him look manly when he went out on a walk. <laughs> so we settled on the Border Collie because I wanted a dog. He was used to a Border Collie only. And we originally had Max back in 
think probably about 1992 um, and okay. we had it for just just under 14 years so yeah that's how we started with Border Collies so naturally <coughs> the time when my husband retired and the family wanted another dog um we just instantly went to the Border Collies okay and um so you knew the Border Collie already so you got into the breed and um, you know it happens sometimes a lot of the times that you get you have a Border Collie because it's either a family dog or anything but did you do any research before you got into the breed or you just went into the breed because you knew it from previous experiences? <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to say I did the research and uh, I may have thought a little bit harder, but uh, having had one and, and probably not experienced some of the issues that I've got with particularly Albie um, or forgotten the issues that I might have had with Max because I was much younger mm. and didn't really notice. I just, we went straight for the let's go for what we know, let's go for the cuteness and let's go for the border collie. So I probably did um less research than I should have done but have the okay. read before so uh, I can't yeah you know, and it. sometimes it happens you know my first border collie she was amazing and she was easy and you know sometimes you just you're just lucky with the first one and then... <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so when you when you got Albi did you um so you had probably you have expectation about owning water collie so how did you find the reality of actually owning Albi? So I think we got him in the October as we, no, the December, as we were in the, I think it was the second lockdown. So that was a bit challenging because we couldn't then take him to puppy training. Um, mm. Not having had a dog for probably 16 years, um, it was it was like starting all over again, like having a baby and forgetting everything. And I think we were quite we probably had high expectations of suddenly having a puppy we'd forgotten about the biting phase we'd forgotten about the toilet training um we'd read all of the books and said yeah this is easy you do that but the reality was something quite different so initially the first few weeks um he he bit us quite a lot in the puppy team mm -hmm. and we, we yeah. kind of panicked and thought oh gosh the dog bites a lot did a bit more research but again all just sort of googling articles and not really seeing it um my friend had also bought a, a Labrador puppy that was four days older. And I was constantly comparing Albie to Douglas. And my friend was saying, Douglas gets up, he goes out to the toilet, he comes in, he eats and he sleeps. And I said, <laughs> Albie gets up, he'll go to the toilet in the house. I try and make him go outside. He comes in, he goes in the house, <laughs> he doesn't eat, and he doesn't stop for the next eight hours. So <laughs> I think I was learning from someone else and comparing to a completely mm. different breed of dog rather than trying to focus I was trying to understand what I was doing wrong and what she was doing right and I was two different breeds two different things so um fast forward um joined an online puppy class um yeah did it in person at the time just did all of the basics to sit the stand and, and some various bits but all within the lounge on the uh, on the camera yeah um, and started to get a bit more reassurance that Albie could actually be trained and we just needed to we needed the knowledge ourselves to be able to train and I think mm -hmm. again naively I thought pass them to the trainer to train them and then give you them back when they're trained and it's like well <laughs> how does this training work online well obviously you're teaching people the skills to train the dogs themselves so that was yep. gave a lot of reassurance and um started to to go well there was still this obviously the biting how to cope with that and the fact that the dog never stopped um and eventually we solved that by buying a pen and putting him in the pen yeah um, and then he stopped 
but we were just trying to expect him to lay down and just decide he was ready for a sleep and lay down. Well, of course, that never happened. So second time around, very different, knowing things, you know, now what you, which I should have, yeah. if I'd have known earlier, would have been much easier, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you already experienced a bit of online training because of, you know, there wasn't anything else um, yes. during lockdown. And um, and then, you know, life went a tiny bit back to normal. So probably you had to reintroduce Albi to the world. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what, what were the, the problems that you started having at that point? So I then took him to the same trainer to um, an evening training class with, I think there were there's maybe six six or eight of the dogs um and then all of a sudden trying to socialize Albi with other dogs um he was quite young um some of the other dogs were reacting when they reacted Albi reacted he was pulling me the other dogs were of mixed ages so some of them were really well behaved Albi just seemed to be a monster so I was I was really lacking in confidence I was quite frustrated quite anxious um I was sort of going you know two steps forward one step back and saying what's the point of going the trainer also um, seemed to focus on other people who were the, trying to get their levels of certification. So yeah. even though I was out in the field walking with Albie trying to do loose lead training, thinking I've actually just done 100 metres, but he's not seen me, he was focused on other people. So I felt that quite frustrating. They're all different breeds. And I thought, you're not really helping me or you're not seeing when I've actually achieved something. So it was, yeah. I decided to stop going because there was I was getting more frustrated. Um, yeah. I was learning little bits, but not really focusing on the breed and the other dogs were doing things differently or better or um so that was I stopped going to that so it didn't yeah. work out and so what were the issues that you were having with Albi in everyday life so cars um which again mm -hmm. I can't remember with with Max but maybe we lived in a you know more rural area and we used to walk him just out a little bit onto an old railway line and field so maybe some of those issues didn't have but right from taking him out and leaving the, the sort of street, the road to get to the park, he reacted very badly to cars and shockingly yeah. pulling me into the road, you know, getting quite upset about it and thinking you can never, you know, turn him off that. How um, old was he at that point? I'm going to say probably that was maybe like the four, five, six months-ish. Um, yeah. And not really giving him you know, gone out when we first started taking him out um, after his vaccinations. And we just kept taking him out, looking on YouTube for articles, which was, you know, stand them near the cars, give them a treat. But again, yeah. we practiced it, not, but unsuccessfully. So um, the, the trainer that we did have said, well, put him in the car and take him somewhere, take him away from the, the yeah. cars to start with. And then we just had a one-on-one -on -one session with a completely different dog trainer, met him in a field, started to walk to, towards a roundabout near the cars and Albie just went mental. And he introduced me to the stacking concept, which I'd not mm -hmm. heard of. And he said, you can't do anything with that dog today. Now bring him back, bring him into the field and we'll teach him something different because yeah. he's already stacked so high. Then he heard a motorbike and a, a motorized car and everything else. And he said, we need to sort of take him out. So I learned the stacking bit then um, and he gave me something to go and work on with with Albie so um but that was that was the most insightful bit I'd got about this whole stacking piece yeah so the fact that they trigger stack yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the more they stay there the more excited they get or frustrated yeah. or anxious depending on the on where the issue is coming from and I was yeah. making him stay longer to try and get him used to something whereas I was yeah. actually doing the worst thing which was just building that that stack rather than sort of taking him away from the yeah and so when did how old was he when he, you started working with me online 
So that would have been 10 months. I think it was the August. So, and I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, the end of I, I, know, I think I found you on some of the Border Collie groups and I was looking for help. Yeah. I need to do something. And and uh, I've seen a couple of your articles and you, I was following some of yours and then you introduced your, you said, I've got something new and exciting coming. Yeah. And launched the Academy, which yeah, was and I started the Academy. awesome. Yes, yeah. Yeah. We forgot to actually celebrate the first year of the Academy. Yeah, no, it's gone. Yeah. yeah, it's gone. And I didn't even remember to celebrate that. It would have been nice now that I think about it, but never mind. Um, so, yeah, so, so yeah, end, end of August, beginning of September, yes, yeah. when the Academy opened last year, yeah, so you joined. Like 10, 11 months coming up then, yeah. Yeah. So, how did you find the fact that, you know, we met eventually, we did a, a workshop together, but that was on Scentwork, something completely different. Mm -hmm. So how did you find working with something complicated as could be, you know, the, the, the car chasing behaviours with online support instead of face-to-face -face support? So I think I, I, that was as or if not more effective because it was concentrated talking like we are now rather yeah. than you know someone saying go out and off and, and do so I think there's this merit in that um I also found really beneficial the fact that other people sharing stories and yeah. you know tips and saying well my dog did exactly that but it got better or my dog did that but I actually tweaked that and did it slightly differently so I think the the online is that's how I started the training so the online was was fine um I think you know I wanted to come and meet you at the scent workshop because I actually was desperate for you to meet my dog in person yeah <laughs> that was I think that was only one bit if you were closer then I'd, I'd probably book in sessions with you closer and I'd still drive and book in sessions yeah um, but I wanted I you were such a big part of Albie's life and will be of blues that I wanted you to meet my dog my first one and I want you to meet Blue at some point yeah definitely then it was like if you know my dog and meet him then you know seeing him on a video or me telling you stories or videos is quite different and you met him the first time you met him you said oh he's quite sensitive and that was like oh I didn't realize he was that sensitive I mm. knew because you're a specialist you knew that and picked that straight up so that explained some of his behaviors as well so yeah um yeah yeah, so he had car chasing and then another behavior that we've had discussed and worked on was some spinning and OCD yes. stuff. Yeah, he still does that. So it, yeah. it seems to be when he's very excited, take him out. He goes out with my husband usually Monday to Friday. I'll take him on a weekend, but let him off his lead. He goes on all his familiar walks, lots of different places. Let him off his lead and he'll bark and he'll spin round and it's excitement. And we just try and distract that behavior. I'll if I go out, I take a, a rope ball and get him yeah. to play with that and distract yeah. him, or we'll go off and do. But he's he still does that. Um, he'll get maybe 20 30 minutes into walk and then he'll settle down, but he never leaves you too far away. He's always checking back on you, so he's always, yeah, never there's no problem with recall because he never leaves you long enough. Whereas the other one, still, I don't trust he would ever come back at the moment, yeah. But, yeah yeah so he still has that um and I think we yeah. just kind of you know we learn with that some days it's better than others um yeah. but with cars since he's the last couple of months um we're not often near cars but he won't now drag you to the road he'll kind of be a lot calmer when he sees them um yeah. and he doesn't react to them he's, he's aware of them but he yeah. doesn't react um and we would really difficult to train him off cars yeah. so we avoided it but as he's yeah. got older, more mature, he seems to have relaxed around a little bit more. You avoided it, but at the same time, you worked on things that then fed into being able to cope better with cars because yes. you've worked yes. around it. It's not like you avoid you avoid it completely. Yeah, you true. followed a program and you followed, you know, and you trained exercises that helped with, you know, probably 
disincitizing and and absolutely and, yeah and all that yeah and, and um taking his attention away from the environment and more on you and everything but yeah but you said you know we avoided exposing him to cars because he wasn't ready yes yeah or at the, at, at the point that he could walk next to a road yeah. with car you know he wasn't ready and and that's i think the thing that you know it does take time it's not something that you can some dogs will easily as soon as introduce some management and training they might sometimes reverse straight away into not be interested in cars but once that is triggered then it takes time to change yeah. that yeah. yeah and what kind of so you don't you try not to walk him next to cars but then you know you do a lot of other things with him so he does get walks every day he does get training you've done some scent work with him you yes. so yeah he does lots of tricks and especially with a little one now so trying to to even just do like the basic the sit down spin twist middle various things i actually do them two at a time so i'll be still like doing all that that basic training because he does that to get his treats yeah um, i do synchronized training so the little one actually sometimes if i've done a down and he's he's not gone down he looks at albie and then he'll drop down yeah. um he didn't know how to do poor so albie's um is kind of watched Albie's but he kind of watches me then watches Albie and looks back at me and he's, he's kind of like oh so he's he's learned the poor so he's learning some of the training so Albie's almost like I'm teaching him how to do it so that that works well but he loves doing Albie still loves pleasing you he still looks for a job and he'll come and look at me and he's, he's always got his head like if I say can you turn the tv up to my husband he's like <laughs> that for me so he's he's always sort of waiting but he's a lot more chill they'll go and have his you know go and have a lie down and, and chill when the other one's not <laughs> wanting to play with him but he's um out on his walks I'm always still so I always do distance um recall so he will he's got a funny thing when he passes a when a jogger or a cyclist or somebody goes past him or even someone walking with a dog um he'll go down if it's a jogger or a cyclist um if it's just someone with a dog he carries on but then he runs beyond and he'll, he'll have a little sprint and as he comes back he'll go so far out as he, as he comes back on that sprint I just do a down and he drops mm. straight down at distance so that if there is something he'll come back so then he comes back so I'm always practicing that with him so he's almost looking at me as if yeah. to say, Don't tell me to go down so even when he's out on a walk trying to I'll let him go somewhere come back um and teach him keep different... his mind always on the on the on yeah. listening yeah. and and focus um, on what directions yeah. and, and things and even things like it'll go so far and then I'll say I'll be toilet and he looks at me and he will go to toilet. So it's just making sure he's, he's always got me in the background listening for something yeah. to do that is not. So, so even something as simple as that, he'll, he'll almost go to toilet on command because they're like, oh, OK, stop, think, do. And then he'll carry on again. So, yeah. yeah. So how useful, how useful is to teach a dog a distance down, a collie especially, a distance down? How useful is that? it's i i just think to me it means i've got control so yeah. if you do, just do this little you know as i say it doesn't leave your side is always with you um but after something's gone past it'll do this little shoot off um and sometimes it can look alarming because you think is this going to run and not come back but i'll come back to whistle but he turns around so if, I, if he goes and i whistle it'll stop and turn around and to me it's just reassuring that if he's gone off and it's sort of a blind corner that i can you know i can shout down and I know he's gone down yeah. just in case somebody suddenly appears or something. Definitely. Appears. So that's where I've got the control and he won't move again until I release him. So that's been quite useful. And if other yeah. people suddenly seem startled, he's run. I just tell him down in the look and say, oh, your dog's well trained. Is Do you think he's yeah. suffering off? 
but then they know I've got control because it'll go down on that command. So yeah, that, definitely. It's a party piece, to be honest, because that is quite good. And it'll it'll do it maybe three, four, five times coming back as often as I want. So yeah. I find I find that that's yeah that's a very and I'll I'll throw you a challenge for the next in the next few months. I don't know if you saw my video of me doing down recalls with both Tay and Jock together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was quite a challenge. Yeah, that yeah. was quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a challenge for you in a few months. Taste yeah. two, so I'll give you another ear to get you <laughs> properly trained, <laughs> and then that could be a, a nice challenge for the academy yeah, no, for the Wonder Horse two dogs. I had Collie Envy at that point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can do it. You can do it, I'm sure. You just need to get blue to that standard of training <laughs> and then you can try and train them together on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, amazing. Is there anything else that you would like to add about, I don't know, the training that you've done, um, you know, some suggestion, recommendation for other people that might be listening and, you know, they've, they've gone through the same issues? Yeah, I am. Um, I well, I think I mentioned this too before, but we we had a friend's dog to stay for a couple of weeks in the summer. It was an elderly dog, um, yeah. and they were going on holiday. And we had their dog. We weren't sure how Albie would get on, and he was he was lovely. He was very gentle, and that sort of gave us a bit of confidence to get a second dog. <laughs> And also the confidence knowing that we had all of your background, all of the training, all of the support, um, and we knew what to do differently. So the whole of the um, the prey drives, all of the training I did differently this time. So I took took Blue out down to the local park. So he, um, I've tried to do some videos for you, and unsuccessfully when I'm trying to pull. Um, but he will literally walk past a, a swan, a duck, a heron, um, I let him stand and look at them. I'll then say, what was that? What was that? Um, and he'll look back at me, give him his treat. So he walks past them. He'll have a look at them. He doesn't bother um, and still doesn't. The cars, he was superb. So I did lots of car training with him. So again, doing it the right way around this time. So starting off yeah. at the distance, but going out slow bits and then coming back and going out a bit further and coming back. But however, the last few weeks is turned into I think the seven month adolescent yeah that's the first mark pulling me in the road he's absolutely gone daft at cars so I'm just trying to work out how to pull him back from that but everything that I did right so the things that I'll be that you know he chased all the, the geese the ducks the swans everything else the prams the joggers I've done it differently with blue and he's not doing it he's, he's just showing off a little bit at the moment he's been a little bit boisterous this is the, the age where you have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the age where you have to say, okay, you know, let's, yeah, let's be careful on on a few things because that's the age when the prey drive comes out and. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, you know, for for anyone else listening, I think one of the the big things I get out of the academy, apart from you and the the training is the support of others and reading stories from other people that have had a really bad day and they've gone out and their dog's done something in the park or they've had a setback. Um, and sometimes you feel you're on your own. And then we talk about it all together. Yeah. Think, oh my God, you know, Blue's now not doing this or Albus just done that. What have we done wrong? Um, and then you you kind of think, you read. I read these articles, I read the other ones and I say, oh, look, but one of the other ones has just had this issue with her dog. It's not just Albie, it's not just Blue. Um, and sharing that support and saying it's, you know, Albie, if I look back 12 months, um, he was a flipping nightmare. I couldn't take him anywhere. You couldn't go on a road. You always had to go in a car. Um, he's spinning everything. And we learned to sort of deal with the spinning with him and still get enjoyment. And now he's chilled, he's settled. He got to 18 months. He's, you know, he's well stimulated, is a lovely dog, very cuddly. Um, 
and it'll kind of do what you ask him to do and then with the, the, the second one so I think it's the support of everyone else and seeing yeah um you know people have struggles but then people somebody will post a good here's a here's a bad week and then someone yeah. says I've just had a breakthrough because I've walked past a car and the dog was fine and you think and I know Albie's kind of got this I know Blue will get back to where he was so there's slightly different yeah. things but um yeah just just hang in there because it's you have to I think with any puppy but certainly border collies but when you see them come out the other side and even as early as 18 months two years with Albie is a, is a different dog um and all that hard work and effort at the beginning is, is definitely worth yeah. it yeah definitely but you need that specialist advice <laughs> you can't just take yeah. that from a, a normal trainer I don't think that you you have to understand the breed to be able to tell us your your yeah. expertise so definitely yeah yeah. yeah great thank you very much and I'm sure that the listeners will love to you know to hear um your stories and you know and and see that you know you can you can improve behaviors even as difficult and I have to say I probably picked one of the most difficult things to specialize on that, you know, because 80% of dogs that work with me are reactive cars. And yes. it's probably the most difficult one, you know, and when, when I see people training puppies only as a specialism, it's like, mm, <laughs> I wish I would pick that. No, I don't. Um, I like what I do, um, but it's still, it's difficult. And, it, you know, it's good that, uh, you know, it's good that we can, we can bring a bit of hope out there that it takes, it takes time. I've never, never, ever sold a quick fix. Um, it takes time, but it's doable, even with dogs like Albie. And I know, I know his bloodlines and I know what he has behind. He's got very strong, powerful mm. trial winners, um, yes. dogs. So it's not like, you know, a little dog. He's got a lot of bloodlines behind him. Yes. Um, but still, you know, it's possible um, with, with patient and good work to to actually get out of that uncomfortable behavior of having a dog that wants to chase traffic yeah <laughs> yeah it's good it's, it's much better so it's, yeah it's really good now really good yeah compared to how he was i never thought you would go past the car again but he's uh yes lovely yeah. and then blue blue's been brilliant always there's been a little terror so <laughs> uh, oh you'll have to come in and we'll have yeah i need to, to bring him to the yeah, yeah. two of them terrible twins but, uh, yeah okay yeah. thank you very much carol for being here you're welcome and thank you for all the support you continue to give martina it's oh, much appreciated thank you it's nice to see them and i need to order one of your um your sweatshirts i've been looking at them but i just need to measure myself oh yeah some of my merch i want my uh, academy uh, sweatshirt and t-shirt yes great yeah i need to order one for myself actually i was looking at it yesterday as well i need to order a new i've got one for the podcast but uh-huh. i have one um <laughs> with a big logo for the academy yeah yes now i want the academy one yeah yeah okay thank That's... you very much all right thank you very much speak soon Let's talk about my Olin Academy for a second. Um, my Olin Academy is a membership where you join um, and you have access to 16 modules. Um, yes, it sounds a lot, 16 modules. So from last year, um, September 2021 to today, so in 12 to 13 months, I actually built up 16 different modules. Um, and just to go through very quickly with you what you could expect to find and what kind of module we're talking about, although you can go and have a look at the link and, and look at the module before you even join. So we have a foundation training video module, 
which is a lot of the foundation stuff that you need to know you even, before you even start training your border collie. And that is something that I keep adding and tweaking. So it's not something that is, is finished every time something comes out where I know that you would benefit for a module, I will create a new, uh, sorry, for, for a tutorial, I will create a new tutorial, a new video, and it will be added there. So it's not something that has been, you know, is finished. Foundations are something that you sometimes don't realize that there is a specific skill that is needed. And so when that happens, um, I will add that. Um, or if it's something that it doesn't fit with any other module because it's more of a general concept, then I will add it to the foundation training videos. Then we have module one, focus on the lead for activity and car chasing. And again, that's something that I have been adding things recently on because, you know, sometimes something else comes out that ooh, actually I could do something more specific about that specific training. We have module two with recall. We have module three with calming, calm the collie, impulse control and switch off games. I'm planning to do more impulse control stuff next year. Um, so, you know, if you join, you'll get um, some more games. We've got module four. It was last year, December, and it's 24 training videos. It was a, a sort of an advent calendar. And then we have sent work for collies, which is going to be slightly probably uh, changed at some point next year. Uh, we have module six, cooperative handling and cooperative care. Um, I like to call it cooperative handling um, as well. Um, and then we have distance controls and lie down. So we're teaching the dog to actually stop at distance, which you've probably been hearing this in the two episodes today. It's a very important skill for a lot of my uh, students. Then we have module eight, um, lead walking toolbox, which has a lot of lead walking exercises, which again, I'm probably going to add even more because I'm training actually my young dog now, Tay, still to have the lead walk that I would like him to have. So every time I try something new or something new has been working after a few months, I might do a tutorial and add it. So it's something that will grow with my dogs. Then we have a module on muzzle training. Um, we have a module on pattern games, which is going to be finished this month. I'm going to add all the pattern games. Then we have a module with webinars and we have nine webinars. The webinars are from one bar to two hours length. So in only that webinar module, you get more than nine hours of um, content. And then we have another module that is Geeking Thursdays. On Thursday, sometimes I either talk about something or... Um, I read um, an article or something and I explain it. So it's just for you to geek in a bit more into um, into the dog training world. And then there is a module on tricks. And then there is another module, module which is a bonus of a five-day challenge that I've done in the past. And that will, you know, if I do another five-day challenge, I will be adding them to here so that you have them there and you can go through them. So this is what the Academy is. Um, you get also a Facebook group where you will um, get in touch with me and work with me. So I'm going to be there a few days a week to read your question, uh, watch your videos, um, go live to answer. And then once a month we do a Zoom call. And then a few times a year we have some webinars, either from me or from a guest uh, trainer. Um, I'm not going to tell you more about the community feeling because you're going to hear it from my students. But I want to talk to you very quickly about the offer, which is going to be in the show notes. Anyway, if you're not good with numbers like I am, I can't listen to a number. I have to see in front of me. Um, at the moment, to join my academy is, if you're in the UK, it's £45 a month. You can join and 
cancel anytime you want, which is going to change next year. Um, and it's going to change because I want to, I find that a lot of the time someone joins for a month and then they don't get the commitment in joy for two, three months. Um, while the, the students that have been with me for longer, they know how important it is to keep working on things together on long term. And, um, and then once, you know, you want my support really long term. Um, so it's going to change a tiny bit, but until the end of this year, you can still join if you want to. Um, so if you're in the UK, you pay £45 a month. It's a total of £540 a month, uh, a year, sorry, um, if you stay for the full year. I'm giving you um, a big discount. Um, so I'm giving you a 30% discount on joining my annual um, plan. So my annual plan, you pay 11 months instead of paying 12, which would normally cost £495. But with a 30% discount, you pay only £346. That means around £28 a month um, for the full year. And you get me as your coach and everything else we already discussed. Um, if you are in the US, I've done a tiny bit of a conversion. Um, so if you would join for a year, pay monthly, that would be around $637. While if you join with my 30% discount is going to be $290 for the whole year. I hope I've done the calculation right. It doesn't sound right to me. But anyway, um, I'm going to do it again and, and, and put them in the um, in the show notes. Um, this offer is a Black Friday offer, so it's going to be available for you um, for a couple of weeks only. Um, I'll just give a chance to anyone to catch up with this episode. Um, and I am really, really hope to um, get to know some of you um, and to help you um, making the transformation that some of my students already are um, experiencing and living um, you know, and hopefully um, you'll see that it's possible. It's not impossible. Sometimes I think we give up to our dog's transformation because it seems too big to achieve or we just say, oh, it's going to get better. Without the proper help and proper training, proper commitment, it's not going to get better. You need to, um, you need to make it work. You need to, you need to put the work in and it's a big commitment and I really, really hope that this will help some of you making that decision to actually give that commitment, um, give into that commitment and start changing um, your life with your dogs and start um, start in this journey of, of improving uh, both your dogs and your life. Um, now I'm going to leave you with Sarah and I will talk to you next time. Hello, Sarah and Paddle. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Thank you for um, you know accepting to to come and have a little interview. Because um, uh, yeah, I, I really I really like the idea of um, of this uh, this podcast episode to give um, the listeners some you know some real 
um, stories from one of my students uh, in the podcast, actually, in this episode, it's going to be two of you. Um, so, yeah. So would you like to introduce, um, if you want yourself or Paddle to the listeners? Yeah, sure. So I'm Sarah um, and Puddle is a short-haired dog who's really small. She barely gets over 12 kilograms, so she's a really tiny Border Collie, um, but with a hell of a lot of drive <laughs> and really, really high arousal levels. Yeah. And she is still pretty young. She's about one year and nine months old. Yeah. Where is she from? She is from a farm in Driffield, which is kind of north of Hull, yeah. um, which isn't actually where near where I live. Um, I my I I've been planning ahead to get a puppy for a long time, and then when my um, circumstances were actually right, it was about one month before the pandemic. Yeah. So I started looking, then the pandemic happened, and then it was really hard to find a dog. So I just ended up thinking I will travel anywhere yeah. <laughs> to find the right dog. Yeah. And yeah, so what do you mean by finding the right dog? How did you look for Puddle? What did you consider when you were looking for her? Yeah, so I mean, well, I kind of did a lot of research really because I mean I grew up with border collies, but they were just farm dogs. We just we lived in in Cumbria where obviously you have a lot of farm dogs as pets and um the practice then especially before the internet and before people knew things was just go to the local farm and pick up a puppy so that's what we yeah. did um but when I came to find Puddle I looked it up to find out you know what, what you're actually supposed to do um so I was looking for so my list was uh one where firstly that I can meet at least mother, but hopefully both parents, uh, that's had all the health tests. I wasn't too bothered about whether or not it was registered to a breed club, like either the ISDS or KC, because mm -hmm. I didn't really worry about the certification, but I wanted to know the health tests had been done. Um, and I'm just trying to think of anything else that I don't think, I think that was all that was in my head at the time, because I hadn't really thought much about temperament before I got Puddle. I just mm. thought about health. Yeah. Um, and as it turns out, Puddle is is registered to ISDS, so she she is registered. But uh, that also shows me those health tests have been done. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, remember you showed me I think the pedigree at some point. Yeah. Um. Okay. So um. So you had border collies before. I remember you told you you told me about your um, previous border collie, the one you had before, the last one you had before Puddle, which was completely different. Yeah. To Puddle. Um. <laughs> You know, and so how did you find, uh, because that's what happened, you know, happens to a lot of a lot of us. You know, I had my first collie, which was my dog, um, the easiest dog in the world. And then I decided to get Moss. And actually with Moss, I researched even more, I, you know, and it, it was my friend breeding, but we decided the male together sort of. And I wanted a puppy from that dog and everything. And you plan everything and then, you know, you put in an idea in your head of how it's going to be and then reality hits a bit different yeah absolutely I mean Jess my last one was actually I mean I think of her as my dog and did at the time but it was when I was a teenager that I got Jess so my parents were there helping but um I still you know I was old enough that I had these vivid memories of what it's like to bring home a puppy what their different milestones are and when I went looking for Puddle when I was looking to buy Puddle, um, 
lots of people kept warning me all oh, working line border collie you sure and I kept on saying but I've I've had experience with that yeah. and actually before I got Jess the family dog who I only really remember as an older dog was also a working line border collie that's what my family had always had so and I knew about things like car chasing and chasing joggers and stuff they had a little bit of that in them the old mm, dogs but okay. it wasn't too bad it's very very manageable so I really thought I knew exactly what I was getting into because I thought well I've, I've had that experience before I, I know what I like um and then picked up Puddle and honestly the first day that I picked her up like as in I went and met her well I'd met her at five weeks and picked her out and then met her about eight weeks again the first yeah. thing she did the the little boy in the farm the farmer's son said oh you're here for puddle picked up puddle put her in my arms the first thing she did was bite me in the face (laughs) (laughs) and then and then once I'd put her down she started running but it was it wasn't like a happy puppy frolicky run it was a like a kind of frustrated stressy run and she just couldn't stop running and like that entire experience of just picking up on the farm like I could tell straight away this is nothing like Jess because yeah. I could remember picking up Jess and I knew what she was like at that age and I, d- I immediately knew it's going to be a different experience and yeah. I have never had a reactive dog before but I knew about what reactivity is and sort of started to get that fear even at that point of like oh I hope this doesn't turn into reactivity I'll just have to do my best um but I think yeah I started looking for help after one week with yeah. Puddle not yeah. really because there was loads of problems more because I just I suddenly felt like I'm in over my head like I thought yeah. I knew I was getting because I thought it'd be like Jess but this is a different dog yeah <laughs> Very definitely dog. how old was she when we spoke first she was um seven months maybe I think she was young she was quite young um but it had taken me a little while to find you because I'd gone through a few different trainers um where just not finding the right kind of fit um and not and a lot of people uh I got a lot of the you can't use four three on a border collie stuff and a lot yeah. of you need to show who's boss and she doesn't have any respect for you and all of this kind of thing. So I got and I didn't trust any of that. If yeah. I because I mean I'd have trainers out that had advertised themselves as four three and then they get there and say, Oh, I know I said that, but this is a collie and you can't be four three no. of a collie. Um so I just kept on having experiences like that. wow (laughs) and yeah so um it was difficult at first to find the right trainer and even like looking at because I did have a good trainer at puppy class um who gave me some handouts about LAT and things like that Mm -hmm. but even that like doing it on your own I just kept on coming up to hurdles with it where I was like yeah I understand what it says on the sheet of paper but actually there isn't a distance at which the dog can look at me because with Puddle at the start, like the distance was on the horizon. Like if, if something's happening on the horizon, she was looking at that. Yeah. She wasn't looking at me. So, so yeah, I, I think that I came to you probably 
when everything was at its peak, <laughs> when yeah. it was like at its worst. <laughs> and, you know, I don't remember every phone call I have, but I do remember our phone call because I remember yeah. exactly what the issues were with Paddle. And I was like, oh, goodness, where do we start? <laughs> and initially we were going to work on a one-to-one, but then you waited and then at the end you joined the academy, the online academy. Yeah. 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 So what was the main issues? Well, we already said about the activity, but there's more issues that that's where the one that was said oh my goodness where are we going to start um what were the issues you had with paddles I think the thing that I probably brought up first was that she hated everything in my home yes (laughs) she um in fact it wasn't even really the things themselves it was me interacting with them so me interacting with the washing machine or the tv or um oh the list was so long the wood burner yeah. the piano the coffee table the dining room table it was like the remote the remote yeah the remote control so uh yeah it got to a point where I could barely move around my house without her mm-hmm. reacting and that had come on so quickly because that had come on actually not long before I made that phone call to you because yeah. that she was she used to sleep next to the washing machine and she liked it because I think maybe the vibrations or something um and then she came home, she'd had to go into boarding while I went away to work, not for very long, but it was still sort of something new to, for her. Yeah. I went, I picked her up, I brought her home and it started then. She attacked the washing machine when she came home and yeah. then it just escalated within like 48 hours. It was everything. Yeah. Um, so I can remember saying to you that I realized that because it was near Christmas and I realized I'd realized that if I put up Christmas decorations, then she's attacking the decorations. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, the, of course, the reactivity outside to absolutely anything, anything yeah. that moves. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you joined the Academy, um, I think, in the new year, possibly. Was it? I or, think it was around Christmas. Was it was just Christmas. Before. Just yeah, Christmas. just before Christmas. Yeah. And of course, you know, you, you follow through with the whole modules that were coming out. And so what are the things that um you you work through? So what are what what did you find? Yeah, t- tell a bit about what you worked on to help both the problem in the house and, and the reactivity outside. Um yeah, well, I mean, in the house, what we mostly did was default behavior. Um, yeah. which for Puddle is sitting down um, and then she gets some food while she's sat down yeah. um, and that has really helped uh, I think giving her something to do and actually what's really helped as well is before I joined the academy yeah. I was trying to kind of do it behind her back I was waiting until she was in the garden and then quickly trying to put the washing in yeah, and then she would react really badly. <laughs> but yeah. if I nowadays, what I do is invite her in before I do it and tell her what we're going to do, yeah, and say, you know, come here and sit down. She knows what it means. She knows the washing machine is going to go on, and she's way less, you know, upset by it if she's yeah. there from the beginning and it isn't a surprise. Yeah. So um, even like just little bits of management like that of realizing that she needs this to be predictable. It isn't. You yeah, know, sort I of a kind of a job her. as well. Tell her, you know, we're yeah, going to do this yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, she's been given a, a role within what I'm doing. So, yeah, we've used that around the house. And then outside, 
I've mostly used look at that. Um, we've done a little yeah. bit of one, two, three, and up and down, but mostly look at that. Yeah, so you've which, done, um, yeah, you've done all the program that I have for the reactivity for the control unleashed. Um, yeah reactivity and of course puddle is a dog that needs a lot of um exercise and 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 play so she needs to have that fray drive really redirected a lot on other things yeah yeah so you you, you do do a lot of things with her in terms of toys you do ship ball you want oh to, yeah, yeah of course yeah so yeah. i yeah um i think somebody had sort of introduced me to sheep ball um yeah when she's a puppy and which we that, have an episode by the way if, um that was the episode with ellen from the urban Erde. so if anyone oh, wants yeah. to go back to it and and she talks about sheep and i am actually going to have someone else next year talking about sheep ball, but i'm not going to tell who but it's going to be very very exciting anyways uh, yeah <laughs> um yeah so i mean and that ended up yeah when she was little puppy it was management more than what more than anything um yeah when she was young, young, like maybe five months old, four months old, um, if she was outside, then she was over aroused. It, it was just black and white. Like it, it doesn't matter what's happening around her. Being outside is just too much. Yeah. So um, Sheepball gave her something to focus on and it gave her something to herd. So it, for a dog that couldn't go outside pretty much without overreacting, I could yeah. take her into the middle of a park and there'd be people playing football next to us. So long as we had the ball on the ground and I was giving her herding commands, she, focus on me, not looking at the football at all. So we use a lot of that. Um, and what's good about that as well is that I've taught her uh, through that she's learned about lying down and, yeah. you know, impulse control. I guess, yep. that she needs to follow a bunch of commands before she can get the ball. And yep. that has translated a lot into our walks. So that now if I know like, oh, there's something going to happen that she's not going to be keen on, I can tell her at a distance, lie down and wait there. Yeah. And she'll do it. And then yep. I can walk up at my own pace. And it doesn't need to be this big panic. I can just yep. tell her to lie down and then I'll come over and get her and then take her to, you know, a, a safer distance or a different route or whatever to avoid the yep. trigger um so that's been really really useful you know i'm smiling um, because funny enough we haven't actually planned this but the the chat i had with carol she said exactly the same thing you know the <laughs> fact that she can lie i'll be down anywhere that gives such better control and confidence on walks because she knows she can stop him even if the bike is coming and all that so it's quite it's quite cool that both of you are actually saying that because i find that lying down at distance for a border collie it's a must you can't have a border collie that can't lie down at distance because that gives you so much control they're so fast that even if they don't want to react to a bike i can't call one of my dogs back if a bike is coming because they're going to end up in front of the bike so i yeah. need to be able to lie them down <laughs> yeah well i find in puddle as well once she's moving the arousal goes up even if it's a recall it's the act of running is almost yeah. like seems to, it's too exciting and the actually lying down is the calmer thing to do. Yes. But yeah. I was going to say, actually, recall is something that I really focused on in the academy yeah. um, and getting her back really quickly, which she's excellent at now. And um, that gives me a lot of confidence as well because yeah. uh, with Puddle, be that, to be honest with you, the walk that we do now, she could probably be off lead, but because I'm worried, <laughs> it's really more my confidence. Uh, then I've got her on like a 15 meter long lead so that I know I've got yeah. her just in case. 
but I mean, I yeah, I feel now the before I joined the academy, walking the dog was so stressful. But now, um, yeah, we go out on this fifteen meter lead. She's to all intents and purposes having an off lead walk because she's not really at the end of the lead put, putting tension yeah. on it. She's pottering around doing her own thing, yeah. and I'm completely relaxed because I know that if somebody comes around the corner or something happens. I've got two options. I can recall her and she comes. Yeah. Or I can tell her to lay down and wait and she will. And yeah. having that confidence makes my life a lot easier as yeah. well. Because I was just so worried all the time that, you know, she was going to do something that was either going to hurt someone else or hurt herself. And now I just I've got that confidence that I can I can control the situation, that it isn't out of my hands. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned about the long line and I know you said you probably she could be off the long line, but every dog has their own time to when they are able yeah. to have more freedom. And, you know, Moss was off a long line very quickly, although he had a lot of, you know, we talked about that many times, a lot of prey drive issues. But once he had his injury and he was two and he had to stay for far, four months on a lead, then after that, he was nearly two and a half. He had to go back on a long line because his freedom was too much for him to deal with. And he stayed on a long line for a good few months, even though he was two and a half. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's there is there is a time for everyone. And I wouldn't rush it because she's having enough mental stimulation, enough play with you, enough walks. Um, you know, it's not like that long line is preventing her from actually enjoying life. It's just keeping her safe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I I should say that I do also, she does have off leads exercise because i i hire i've got like a daily hire on a secure field so she she knows that she's going to get to run later but um yeah i mean the that's the weird thing about it that i felt guilty really about her not being able to run around off lead because mm. i'd have obviously grown up with border collies who honestly were hardly ever on the lead <laughs> because yeah. we just we'd go out into the countryside and they were so reliable and so trustworthy that they didn't need to be on a lead it was fine but also think about it how less busier it was when you had those border collies I think that the world has just changed you yeah. know nowadays I mean you know I don't know how many years ago you had Jess or even the dog before the dog before, if, if you were just a kid, you know, there were no, there are not many dogs. People didn't walk dogs as much. They were all garden dogs and there were not so many bikes around. And, you know, and it was a different world, I think. And possibly even with Jess, you know, I, I remember with Abigail, definitely, you know, I can walk Abigail in many more places when she was younger without actually encountering so many bikes and dogs and everyone doing something joggers you know yes jogging was always a thing but I think there's so many more people jogging nowadays and so many more people on bikes just because fitness is a thing now that wasn't 10 years ago or 15 years ago no that's true actually that is true and I mean the culture around dogs was a bit different as well I've yeah. said before that our, our first dog literally we'd leave the back door open and she'd play with the neighbor's dogs outside yeah. that was kind of the culture of our street so it was quite there was also that kind of laid-back feeling about dogs back then that, that yeah. meant there's less pressure and people were less stressed but um I think also though that Puddle compared with Jess Jess would chase a bike or a car if it was right next to her yeah so we managed that with a lead but if the bike was on the other side of the field she wouldn't chase it so yeah. that her distance was actually really manageable. And I think the di the difference with Puddle is 
I could be in a field where I know there's no movement, but if there's movement three fields away, then I like I'm still primed to feel worried about that. Although she doesn't, she isn't as reactive as all that anymore. Like when I first got her and when she first started to be reactive, then you know, anything moving anywhere <laughs> was enough to uh, provoke a reaction. But yeah, I think I just felt guilty though initially that I just felt like, oh, you know, she's a border collie, she should be off the lead. And I don't feel like that anymore. And I think a big part of that is, you know, I take her out on this long lead and she's not pulling against it and she's actually not trying to run. She'll run later when we're in the field, but yeah. she just passes around and explores and she's perfectly happy. So, yeah. 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 Good. So, um, I know that you already said, you know, she's not reacting and everything, but um, so if we think about when we start working together and and when you're when you're now, we're talking about a year of of, you know, of working, nearly a year of, you know, constant tweaking things and moments where you say, oh, no, it's never going to get better. And then, you know, we (laughs) tell you, okay, you know, go back to it for a bit and then you'll see that things are going to get better. And I know we had, you know, a chat recently about one of her weird behavior that is still there that we have to try and resolve, which is her biting people's leaves out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But she sometimes always delight us with some new things that we need to try and find a solution for she's definitely one of those dogs that you know makes you things outside of the box because I don't think I have I have a lot of difficult dogs but I think she just is very creative in her in, <laughs> nice in her <laughs> she just likes well, suppose, to challenge us yeah I suppose that's the thing she's probably not quite as difficult as other people's dogs in the sense of she's not particularly fear reactive so she's not she's not got that difficulty, but she's a bit weird. <laughs> I think yeah. that's generally, the feedback I've had from everyone is that she's a little bit unusual, uh, even for she, a collie. She's a bit um, OCD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yes. Um, so sorry, what was the question? Was... Well, that we've been working together for a year. So where you started yeah. and where you're where you're now, and it took it took a year to get to the point that. You know, oh, yeah. you're confident. And um, so what like uh, the issue you had in the house that we worked on um, throughout this year, how, how is she now in the house? Much calmer, much, much calmer. Um, I mean, I can use my washing machine fine. Um, yeah. She's not ignoring it or anything like that. And I don't know that she'll get to that point, but it's manageable how it is. And, um, I still use food, but um, she knows her job if I go into the kitchen and say come on then come through here and she'll come and sit down next to the washing machine she knows what's going to happen um so that's really manageable remote control she's given up on she's she's fine with remote controls now she's still a little bit like she'll give me a little eye when I pick it up and go oh I don't like that (laughs) but then she's I mean what she was doing was taking the remote control out of my hand she really hated me using them so, but whereas now, you know, she's letting me use them. <laughs> My wood burner, I didn't use the wood burner at all last year because it was impossible. Because it was so worrying with that because she would yeah. lunge and bite it when it was on and it would have been burning her. Um, so I was just too scared to use it because I thought she'd hurt herself. I've been using it this year and oh, I've got nice. her lying down on her bed and just relaxing while it's on. She still gets a bit... Um, 
I think this happens with a lot of dogs though, where if the wood suddenly pops, yeah, and there's that noise out of nowhere, then she'll have a little bark about that. But um, but I can get her laid back down and relax, and she'll just go to sleep now. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Um, what about the piano? Piano work in progress. Okay, <laughs> I think there's so many parts to that that she doesn't like. That it's, I mean, part of it is that I've focused less there because um, the washing machine and the wood burner, I absolutely just have to be able to use them. The piano, I didn't say that as part of the management, I built an outdoor kennel for her. Yeah. So yeah, for the piano, if I want to sit down and play piano and I don't want to train her, I just put her in the outdoor kennel with a Kong and just, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's part of how I do it. Um, and then sometimes, yeah. you know, management is the best bad strategy sometimes because there yeah. are things that you can't train quickly and if you can't train them quickly you have to find a way for the dog to be happy with you know with that thing and if it means having them you know away from you know for us sometimes it's just putting moss in a room when we want to hoover because i don't have time to train him not to bark at the hoover because i've yeah. got a busy life so moss goes yeah. in the van or in the hoover the same thing as you have you know if you had the van probably you would put her in a van because we have huge crates in the van and we memory foam mattresses for the dogs that they love um but yeah you use a kennel which is amazing we keep, we keep thinking about getting one <laughs> it is really yeah. great yeah 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 you know it, it's helpful you know anything you have to do that that she doesn't need to be around because it's still a work in progress then you know you've got that management option yeah yeah totally um yeah because I, I think that one's difficult for her because there are it isn't just one thing that she's reactive to there. She she did have a problem which has gone um, early on when I joined the academy, which uh, you recommended I get a vet behaviourist out at that point because it yeah. was starting to look a bit like maybe the early stages of OCD, yeah. which was she had a problem particularly about the piano stool where um, it started off with her not liking it being moved, but after a while it just became like this ritual where she'd just go and bark at the piano stool. And it'd be if something happened outside that bothered her, she'd go and bark at the piano stool or go and attack yeah. the piano stool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the vet behaviourist at the time did kind of confirm, yeah, I mean, it could kind of go that way. You've got to interrupt the rituals. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't do that anymore. She's just, she has stopped it. Yeah. And the odd thing is, I can't say like, oh, I did this and then this and then this, and there was these steps. And I feel like I almost can't say that about anything that's happened with Puddle because it isn't quite like I did steps one, two, and three and that fixed it. It's more like all of the work that I'm doing with her in different areas is kind of transferable, that she's just calmer in the house and she's just calmer about these triggers and that trigger. So yeah. I think that she's not getting that trigger stacking and not getting really, really stressed out anymore. So yeah. she doesn't feel that urge that she did to try and get rid of the frustration. I, I think that's what it must be. But that's gone away, but she's still not keen on the stool. Then she's not keen on the sounds the piano makes. Then she's not keen yeah. on the fact that I'm moving my feet. So yeah. there's just so, so much that would go into yeah. the piano. Yeah. And <laughs> then if you're playing the piano, it's more difficult to train her as well. And yeah, as yeah. you said, breaking down all the elements takes longer because you have to train them all individually first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, it's um work in progress, but yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah, that's what training now. is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I what I would say I mean the the although obviously a lot has changed with the dog, 
the biggest impact of this last year has been on my stress levels. Like, I mean, obviously the dog's better as well, but to compare how I feel about my life now compared with last year yeah. is the biggest thing that I can relax in my house is yes. a big thing. Like I can remember what my first post on the Academy, I actually looked at it recently because I thought, Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, it would be cool to do that with everyone. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and I wrote something at the end that was something like, all I want to be able to do is clean my house and have a meal. Like, I just want to be able to live in my house wow. without the dog yeah. going at me. And I just, yeah, it's such a difference between then and now that I was so stressed all the time. Yeah. And now I just, it feels, although there's, you know, there's management in place, it feels just like having a normal dog now. <laughs> like, yeah. we go for a nice walk and I enjoy it. We chill out in the living room together and I enjoy it so and whereas it was so difficult to enjoy when she was you know at that kind of level of arousal all the time it was just difficult to enjoy being with her in the same way yeah amazing I'm really happy and yeah I'm sure that we will see more improvements and yeah you know maybe in six months time she'll be going off lead running around and yeah, as, being as soon a border as I collie. Probably. As soon yeah. as I stop worrying about it, that'll be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Is there anything else you would like to add? Um well, one thing, which is that it's kind of one of the things that I really like about the academy and well. No, hang on. Two things that I'd like to say. Firstly, I wanted to say thank you for the Academy. It's really, Aww. really good. <laughs> but also, if people are thinking of joining it, what I wish, I I knew, I wish the Academy had existed when Puddle was eight weeks old, because it would have been brilliant to start it before the problems began. I know. Because yeah. it has been useful for me after the problems began, but it would be even more useful as a preventative yeah. then as a remedy because it's just quicker and easier that way than trying to like turn the clock back yeah. um the other thing that I wanted to say about it is what has been really good is because like I say I, I had some on-off experiences with trainers before this and, and perhaps I've just been unlucky but um it's a very non-judgmental space and yeah. I had found in some previous experiences that I felt a bit judged that it was oh you can't control your dog Mm -hmm. oh you must have done something wrong and that just adds to the stress and what I like is not only are you non-judgmental but there's a culture in the group of everybody being non-judgmental yeah everybody's really supportive of each other because a lot yeah. of us have got difficult dogs and being able to say when you've had a bad day and everybody else say we understand instead of yeah finding ways to criticize you for it which you know yeah in some that there are some dog training places out there that are a little bit like that yeah <laughs> and yeah. it's nice to be in such a, a friendly community and so it gives you the confidence yeah it's a good bunch of people yeah it yeah is. even the day that i can't be online to support you you support each other which yeah. is um which is amazing yeah. yeah it would be good one day to get you all together oh yeah that would be nice yeah. yeah, I tried this summer, but I think that yeah, people were like enjoying going on holiday this year after two years not being able to. Maybe we'll manage to get it organized next year. Where <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Okay, great. 
Thank you very much, Sarah. That's all right. Bye. Okay, see you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Border Collie Geek podcast. If you want to know more about my work and how I can help you with your Border Collie, visit www.dataldoacademy.com or follow me on Facebook and Instagram.